And hello and welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. As always, I am your host, your good pal, your good time boy, as they would say, <laughs> Cape Joel. And joining me is my dear friend, probably my longest tenured co-host when I break it down, Matt. Like, shit, how long probably. have we actually been doing this? I I, I don't know. We've been, doing it for, we've been doing it for 300 plus episodes, but how many years is that? Well, 300 plus episodes plus whatever we Other did before stuff. yeah at name redacted <laughs> yeah when i stopped and think about it i'm like I, i've known matt for over a decade haven't i we've been doing this show for like a decade are we are we old matt are we are we the old men of youtube i think so i think we are uh the chat saying hey joel did you watch collision no because i knew i had to do this so i'm gonna watch it tomorrow uh ninja consultant don't worry <laughs> <laughs> but we got lots of good stuff to talk about uh, how, how's your week been matt how you been holding up yeah, not not too bad, not too bad. I uh, treated myself this week and bought myself a new Xbox Series X. Ooh, ooh so you got yeah. both the big consoles now. Yeah, yeah, and a Switch. <laughs> oh, killer. Any particular title that you really wanted? Uh, I got it for Starfield. Like, the, the, uh, the showcase they did at the start of the week really, really push, pushed me over the edge and be like, okay, I got, I got to play this game. Did it? Because I keep seeing stuff for Starfield, and I will admit the last, you know, kind of big media push they did, the last hard sell they did was better. But every time I look at it, I'm like, this is just Fallout in space, and I was already kind of getting tired of Fallout's bullshit. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I will admit the character creation looks great. Being able to make your own ship looks mm -hmm, great. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. again... I don't know. Is like, is that going to be the whole game? Is that just what I'm going to spend my time? And I also thought to myself, man, I should play the Outer Worlds again. <laughs> I, I, I do. I, I have to assume before the game comes out, we will get a somewhat story trailer. I know, Probably. and I know, like Bethesda games aren't really big on like the main story being the focus or anything because they want no. you to go out and do whatever you want. It's it's the story you make yourself, and I'll admit that has always been the appeal of Bethesda games. It's why I even like stuff like, you know, Fallout 4 and all the ones that people generally don't say they like. It's just like, oh, the writing was bad on this one. The RPGism wasn't good. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that wasn't what I was paying attention to. I was paying attention to the story I created myself. When I went into that cave, I shouldn't and just barely survived fighting, you know, like a level 20 Deathclaw with a goddamn knife. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the shit that made me feel super awesome yeah exactly so yeah i'm i'm excited for that i got i got the console and i got some game pass so i've been like downloading a bunch of old uh, games i've been i'm playing through the gears of war series since i haven't played oh, nice. a gears of war since number two so i've got like four more to play i i started doing that actually on the pc i got like a month because you can get like a month for like what is it like five bucks you can get it for something some ridiculously like that, yeah cheap. Yeah, which it's a great fucking value. And I will admit, if there's anything that would make me want to pick up a Series X, it's that. And the fact that Sony is almost stubbornly being like, mm, we're not going to adopt that model, even though I think Microsoft is actually onto something now. And that model is actually the future, just Netflixing <laughs> gaming. Sony kind of have with that with their that catalog, a little bit. that game catalog. But yeah, it's like uh, the Game Pass is definitely more comprehensive in terms of what's on there. It's a little cheaper, too, I think. A little bit. Yeah. Because they, they won't let you do the PlayStation 1 for, like, five bucks. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, no. I, I guess there was a lot of good game stuff uh, this week. We finally got our look at Star Wars there. I didn't put this in the news, but obviously, you know, because I have you here, you know, one of the biggest Star Wars fans I know. Uh, we got Star Wars Outlaw. I know. I, I didn't expect this to come out. I know that uh, Ubisoft were developing a 
Star Wars game. Open world, yeah. I didn't know we would be seeing it this soon. Um, Same. It was almost kind of like an urban legend, like, yeah, yeah, they're working on an open world Star Wars game. Yeah, yeah, we'll see that at some point. Yeah, but uh, it looks great. It looks almost done. Yeah, yeah. well, it's coming out next year as well, so yeah. Which is hard to believe, and yeah, it looks cool, but as always with Ubisoft, I'm a little reticent where it's like, okay, this vertical slice you showed us looks great. But please do not Assassin's Creed this and spread yourself too long over 80 hours to where I'm sick of all the stuff I can do because I've exhausted it in my playtime. I Yeah, and it would be even worse for Styles because you got like different planets and everything. So it's yep. like, oh, is each planet like an Assassin's Creed Valhalla style? Yeah. It's like, uh, but With new towers to unlock and the yeah. same, you know, freaking raids to go on over and over. Mm, but I, but I'm excited for it. it. It looks great. I like that they're setting it between in, during the uh, War of the Bounty Hunters and the Crimson yes. Rain uh, era, which is very exciting. Uh, Interesting time period for sure. It is. I, I'm intrigued to see what like tie-ins they'll do with that sort of stuff. Oh, you know they will. Oh, absolutely. I uh, I like that you can cold cock a pike in the fucking face. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that the lady has a little animal companion, which I like. This is the new thing for Star Wars. We need cute, plushifiable animals. But my favorite character is droid in trench coat. Droid wear clothes, Matt. That very interesting. Why are we not playing as trench coat droid is my question. (laughs) A trench coat droid suddenly made everyone decide they want to, like, fuck a robot on Twitter. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know, he's got that raw, well, not animal magnetism because he's a machine. I guess he's got that cold machine magnetism. I don't know. (laughs) Also, too, they're racist to the droid. No droids allowed. Like, but that droid wears people clothes. You you can't say he's not people when he wear people clothes. (laughs) And now he just needs the hat and do up the trench coat to appear like a human so so, so he, he can get into bars, yeah. Just, just go full Ben Grimm. Obviously, you know, you p- play a lady in the game and the internet shithead mouth-breathing community treated that as you would imagine it would. Though it's funny, I-, I had a moment watching that trailer. I'm like, yeah, okay, you know, obviously I'm fine being a woman. Why are we playing another human, though? Star Wars is so mm. vast. Why why can't I play as a Twi'lek lady? Why can't I play as, you know, uh, whatever Ahsoka's race is there. Why Why do we keep going back to humans? Like, obviously, it makes sense for Survivor because, you know, they're referencing all this old Jedi stuff and everything. But I think that we need a rule for future Star Wars games mm. after this one. Let me play as a weird alien. No, absolutely. Yeah, we do need a, a Star Wars game where we we play as some sort of race like not not specifically choose the race but like just make it something other than a human yeah hey uh ubisoft if you know you're doing this you're doing other stuff hey how about instead of the next far cry game it's far cry kashik and you play as a fucking wookie Ooh, that'd be cool in the shadowlands and you build your own bowcaster and you rip dude's arms off (laughs) you can't tell me that's not fucking metal you don't can't tell me that wouldn't be great that would be pretty awesome (laughs) And instead of like mercenaries and pirates, it's goddamn Trandoshian hunters. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to uh, imagine Trandoshian Voss. Imagine how cool that would be. <laughs> now, nah, you know, the problem, you know, with insanity is bleh, lizard. <laughs> see, see, I just wrote you a great game right now. <laughs> also, hey, speaking of Star Wars game, what, what are they still making that David Cage game? They had a huge big trailer for it, and then everyone's like, oh no, David Cage, and then we haven't heard anything about it in years. I mean, that's just his MO. 
basically yeah like they'll announce a game and they're like i oh, will bring it out later some point maybe some point oh no i made it the bad game oh no i take more naked pictures of everybody why i do that oh yeah well i think that also came out around the same time that he was a kind of a creep oh yes that's right they also dug up a lot of really horrible stuff that uh, was going on at quantic dream where he worked and i'm like Mm. guys he's not worth it yeah yeah. Though, though, though the irony being, if he ever was to make a good game, it might very well have been that one, because literally every David Cage game just goes out of its way to directly reference and recreate better scenes from movies. So clearly the dude likes good movies, wants to make video games, but really wants to make movies. So like if he was allowed to do something that was a movie product. <laughs> it's, the, it's, then, the, it's the Hideo Kojima effect. Very. He really wants to fucking make films, but for some reason won't. We'll just make weird strand video games yeah weird four-hour cutscenes. yeah yeah and that's why we love him (laughs) (laughs) and and then you get your guillermo del toros who's like yeah i think i'm just gonna make more animated movies after this i think i'm done with making live action i'm like wow that's a really fun and interesting career turn yeah i have i have fallen in love with animation i have fallen in love with cartoons and i'm like right on man i feel you yeah with more weird cartoons please Please, please let him bring more wooden puppets to night shows and on red carpets. Like, look at my boy. Look at my little wooden boy. Look how special and great he is. He's the star of the movie. Yeah, Guillermo, he sure is. I just want more of that. I just want him to walk around with pictures of new animated characters. Look, look at my flip book I made. Look at the flip book of my new character. Isn't he great? His joy is infectious, Guillermo del Toro, is what I'm saying. It is. It's great. If you follow his Twitter, you can see him. He, he like, spends his weekends just, like, painting models. Yep. Paints models, loves movies, loves cartoons. Great stuff. Yeah, it's great. Oh, man. Speaking of love for film, have you seen – it's on YouTube, The Criterion Closet. Uh, Michael Shannon and The Criterion. Yes. Yes. Oh, boy. I'm such a happy boy. I didn't even know about it until I saw the Michael Shannon thing. Oh, you, you, yeah, you haven't known about the Criterion Closet? No, oh, I just found so out good. about it now. It's so good. I, I, I spent the week watching all of them, and I'm like, man, what a beautiful thing. I love all these people who are just super jazzed about the best in cinema. Yeah, yeah, it's great, isn't it? It's so great. Like, even I'm learning shit about the Criterion Collection that I didn't know. Where it's like, ooh, they got all these Bruce Lee movies. Ooh, they got all these Zatoichi Blind Samurai movies and Godzilla and, you know, Ghost Dog and Jim mm-hmm. Jarmusch and everything. Yeah, it's not just, like, snooty art films. Art it's, films. It, it's, like, proper films. Yeah, there's there's movies you know in there. Fantastic Mr. Fox is in there. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, that's a great one. Yep. I think that might be my favorite one from that director. Actually, he's got a new one coming out. Uh, Asteroid, what is it? Asteroid. Asteroid City, which I, I'm not. I'm not a fan of fucking Wes Anderson at all. But like that one, that one actually looks pretty cool. Well, you know, Matt, as a, as a twee white guy with a chin beard, obviously Wes Anderson <laughs> speaks for me and, and my undefinable feeling of creative ennui that is in all of his movies. <laughs> he just speaks to me so, so deeply. <laughs> if, if you ever watch that Honest trailer where instead of just doing like one Wes Anderson movie, they do all of them and they're like, you're a Wes Anderson protagonist. You're definitely not a woman. <laughs> Oh, and i'm like fair yeah, fucking fair you yeah. you got him you fucking got him yeah <laughs> also leah schreiber is gonna be in that one too and i asked myself hey where's leah schreiber been <laughs> yeah yeah we haven't seen him much since uh ray donovan uh, 
No, apparently he did two movies. Uh, he did one where he played like Anne Frank's dad, and then he oh, did okay. another one where he played Henry fucking Kissinger in the same year. And oh, I'm like, Jesus. how have I not heard of these? Jesus. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Liev Shriver is just big fucking buff, intimidating Henry Kissinger. <laughs> we must commit more war crimes in Asia. <laughs> I've got a great idea. It's called Agent Orange. You're going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> Henry Kissinger is a terrible person, but a hilarious character. <laughs> Just like this ridiculous caricature. Uh, you know, my great ability is to get people from both sides of the political spectrum to come together and commit horrible, horrible acts. <laughs> I'm basically the devil, which becomes a joke in Venture Brothers. It does, yes, that's right. I, I fucking love, uh, uh was it, Henry Killinger? <laughs> That that show is coming back too. What is I think next month or the month after they they finally get yeah. their big finale movie. It's getting close, yeah. It's getting very close. I'm doing a writing project actually that I really need to kick in the turbos on that I'm working on with uh, Johnny Two Cellos that we're hoping to have stuff out to uh, coincide with uh, the venture movie. Nice. Yeah. So that's what my week was looking like. Uh, should we get into the news, Matt? Let's get into the news. All right, so first things first, uh, Captain Marvel is going to be getting herself a brand new costume and a brand new creative team very soon. It's going to be Ali Wong. No, not the comedian Ali Wong, the other Ali Wong. <laughs> though that would be pretty funny, though, if Ali Wong, the comedian, <laughs> wrote Captain Marvel. <laughs> Could you imagine that? It's just Carol sitting there being like, oh, you know, I'm just so successful now that I've become the chairperson of the Avengers and everything. My career is really taking off. I think I want to divorce my husband. I think yeah. I want to divorce my husband. Yeah, I said, wait, you have a husband now? <laughs> yeah, I, I had a husband. You just never knew about it. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's fine. I'll give him half my shit and the divorce and everything, but I just, uh, I'm just really successful now and really feeling myself and want to go fuck other dudes. <laughs> Which, hey, you know, she's being honest about it. She made the backbone of the yeah. comedy special. Yeah. And she's like, hey, you know, no, no one bats an eye when guys do this. You know, isn't real equality when a woman can That's admit true. it to it too? That's true. And I'm like, fair enough, Ali Wong. <laughs> I guess I'll give you this one. But uh, yeah, the the new Captain Marvel costume looks great. It actually looks like an old timey like naval yeah, captain. Like a, yeah, yeah, with the jacket. The jackets are really in this time because they you know, really the are. Superman family have all got jackets now. They this, really do. Uh, captain Marvel's now getting jacket. Yeah, I, I'm just saying. Hey, you know that effects company that makes you know all the screen accurate. Uh, freaking uh, models and reissues and everything. Just, just make these jackets somewhere I can buy them, please. Because <laughs> I would definitely wear one of those Superman family jackets, and even mm. this Captain Marvel jacket looks pretty good. It does, yeah. I guess this will be an interesting time for Captain Marvel. It feels like they've relaunched her like several times because they have. They have, but like this time is it's been a while since her her it book has. before is is now is getting up in like the fifties. Yep, and she's yeah. got, you know, obviously a new movie coming out in mm -hmm. The Marvels, and she's a big focus now in the Avengers book because she's the new chairperson. Mm -hmm. I think this time I'm going to maybe try and get back in. I think so as well, yeah. Good time. I think now is yeah, I think now is the good time. I think the water is warm for it and everything. I know for a long time there, they kept trying to chase the Kelly Sue DeConnick era because that mm. became the definitive yes. Captain Marvel for so very long. It's what, you know, helped her reach, I would say, that next level and, you know, go from like a B-plus player to, you know, one of the top tier Avengers level players. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Now, I wonder if this also has anything to do with the Ultimates quite possibly because we've got like the big that big ultimate event happening very soon and that's definitely going to involve captain marvel because the avengers are involved 
yeah and then and then that that line gets <coughs> relaunched as well so maybe right. this is the start of them because they're also relaunching captain america as well yes, i wonder if this is the start of them relaunching all of their books could possibly be another like soft little relaunch there did, did did i ever tell you my pitch for captain marvel what i would do with her if they ever gave me you know the pen on that book what was that I would rename it Marshall Marvel. I would I would make it a space western. I would basically do what they're doing with Guardians now to where she becomes the sheriff of like a Deadwood-style space town Ooh. and has to keep the peace. And she doesn't have to carry a gun because she shoots lasers, so she just finger guns everyone. <laughs> and that would be the thing, just her shooting lasers out of her gun and just me, you know, doing like true grit and doing like all my favorite western movies. But now it just cool. stars Carol in space. That would be cool. And I'd give her a hat and a duster coat, but she'd keep her color scheme. <laughs> and it would be Marshall Marvel because she's the Marshall of a planet now. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, I don't know if anyone would give me the pen on that one, but that's my pitch. That's what I would do. That's a, it's a it's a good one. You got my you got my vote. You got my stamp of approval. Yeah, we don't do pitches on the show anymore. Remember when we used to have a pitch it segment, man? <laughs> There you go. There's the return of Joel's Pitchett segment. I would make uh, Carol Danvers a space sheriff. <laughs> That's what I would do. Ooh, sh should she get a horse? Should she get like an alien horse? Probably. Ooh, yeah. Like like a seven-legged horse or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Get one of Odin's ones. Like, you know, she, we find a rustling operation. She has to bust some rustlers, but they're not rustling regular animals. They're <laughs> rustling like crazy alien animals. At, so, at, like like Asgardian steeds or something because they, yeah. they run. They can run through space or something. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah you get like uh, like Thor's goats get stolen. You know, maybe she's got to team up with the animal Avengers because they all got kidnapped and everything. And at the end, she makes friends with like a horse. Nice. Yeah. Uh, hell, uh, Valkyrie, uh, Jane Foster, had a horse, and it was funny because he's like a magical yeah. unicorn, but he, but he talks like a gruff New Yorker. Yeah, and his name was Mr. Horse. <laughs> Mr. Horse, exactly. Hey, if Mr. Horse is still around, maybe Mr. Horse can go team up with uh, Carol for a bit. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. But uh, yeah, there's your Captain Marvel news, everyone. Looks interesting. Yeah, yeah, I I'm excited. When does that book re relaunch? Uh, fairly soon, by the sounds of it. Okay. A lot of these come out fairly soon. Uh, now, another thing I did this week, Matt, is that I had the option to go see uh, the Flash movie. And I was in line and I was going to do it. And then I'm like, ooh, this theater is still playing Transformers. One for Transformers, please. And oh, I had such a big, dumb, beautiful smile on my face for the entire runtime of that movie. Because, oh my god, you were right. It is so much fun. I don't think another Transformers movie has captured the feeling of actually playing with the toys. This one does. I know. It, it's a pretty good film, isn't it? Like, literally that finale. And then the fucking rhino and the big monkey comes in and all the robot scorpions. Oh, but Bumblebee, <clears throat> he comes out of the plane and he's shooting everything because he come back like Jesus. And LL Cool J is playing in the background. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, this movie gets my 90s nostalgia. And oh, and, and the kid brother, you know, he's got the big bulky green Game Boy and the Power Ranger shirt and he can't beat Bowser. And I'm just like, yep, been there. <laughs> this whole movie, I'm like, wow, these Transformers movies are actually getting better now. This this whole movie almost feels like an apology for the Bay Era. Like, oh, yeah, we could have made them this good the whole time. <laughs> and, and like Noah is actually a fun character. And the fact that I remember his name should tell you everything. It, it, it it's fun to interest because I, I like watched it and i was like oh yeah the, like i was comparing it to the bay films and it's like really interesting to see that like none of the transformers are like 
racial stereotypes. None of the no. humans are racial stereotypes. Uh, not at all. Uh, or or uh, sexist stereotypes. And, no, not at all. And it's just so much fun because, as you said, you get to remember the the uh, the human character's name. His name is Noah. Exactly. If anything, this one completely flips the script because it's like 90% human characters, 10% Transformer stuff. And when we do get Transformers, guys like Optimus actually get to be characters. Mm -hmm. Like Optimus has a fucking arc in this movie. He's not just perfect from the get-go. Yeah, and he's he's not just constantly saying how much he's going to like kill whoever he's talking to or rip their face off or whatever he was doing in the Bay films. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he does rip some faces off. Let's not get it twisted. But, you know, it's it's Peter Dinklage bot, so he had it coming. <laughs> what what an interesting casting. Peter Dinklage's Scourge. You got Ron yeah. Perlman in there. Michelle Yeoh. Really interesting casting. Yeah, Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson, who is actually great as Mirage. Yeah, yeah he's kind of like like the new Bumblebee in a way. Because yeah. he's like the main, the main bot. Ah, yeah. Yeah. He's the POV, but they actually find a good way to sideline uh, Bumblebee and where it's like, look, you had your series. Now it's time for Mirage to be like the audience surrogate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A- and his whole thing is like he just wants to have fun. And I'm like, I like that. Yeah. I like that as a character thing. Yeah, it's good. <clears throat> totally. Uh, KT helped us out in the chat. The Flash sounded interesting as I walked past the screen to see Spider-Verse again. <laughs> Fair enough, man. No one can blame you. <laughs> But what I find interesting is that in all the reviews I read for Flash, which were none too flattering, a lot of journalists pointed out the fact that isn't it interesting that this movie comes only a couple weeks after Spider-Verse and seems to have the exact opposite like moral of the Spider-Verse story where the Flash movie seeks to imply, hey, Barry, you know, trauma and death make you a better, stronger hero, damn it. So, you know, you know, buckle up, buttercup, and, you know, learn to take it like <laughs> Batman would. And, like, I wonder... Was that always the major theme and plot of the movie, or is that just what the movie became after like ten years of rewrites? Yeah, I was gonna say because yeah, this film went through quite a few like rewrites and I think reshoots as well. Absolutely. Yeah, so it's hard to say. But yeah, I didn't rush out to see Flash. Maybe we'll talk about it. Uh, <clears throat> what is it? Maybe we'll talk about it when it inevitably goes to streaming because every other DC movie has gone to streaming. Did Did you see it, Matt? Did you make time for the Flash? I did. I did. What'd you What'd you think? Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the general. It's like feeling. one good, like one, like maybe one or two good scenes in it, and the rest is just like horrible horrible cgi and like really tasteless cameos and so yeah. i've heard in, yeah. in a movie with a star who went on an actual crime spree it might not be the grossest thing about it wrap your head around that one yeah i still can't believe they left they left a whole scene in there where he where like the alternate barry like he runs and like his clothes burn off so like he's like running around the streets naked and then then he phases through his like his like apartment like next to him's room into like a woman's like bathroom and it's oh, the, it's Jesus. like all left in the film like why is all this in the film after your style literally probably did all of this in hawaii Break, breaking and entering and everything else it's funny too even when you just like search the flash for coverage on it none of like the headlines sound good it's always like no. you know in inside the ending the six cameos let's talk about all the cameos cameos this cameos that i'm like that's not a good sign no yeah there's nothing about the actual because there's nothing to the film the the, the villain quote unquote of the film is in two scenes 
that's amazing. And then you get stuff like this where it's like the Flash director defends the uh, defends the film's bad CGI. Yeah, I knew that was coming. I knew that was I've, coming. It's I've meant it's stylistically designed to look like that. <laughs> yep. Some other stuff here, like uh, how the almighty dollar shielded Ezra Miller from, and the Flash from consequences, how Flash star Ezra Miller went from enemy number one to hero in a year. And I don't believe that at all, New York Post. TMZ, Ezra Miller's the Flash off to slow start at box office despite hype. So basically, it's just talking, as we knew it would, no one can actually talk about the movie because everything that went on with the star completely absorbed everything else around it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Though, though I was shocked to see Miller at the, uh, what is it, at the debut of the film. Apparently they did give them a mic and they did get to speak. And oh boy, you can tell they had a real conversation with them before it started where they're like, you you get your fucking ass out there and you say thank you to everyone who suffered through your bullshit through all this and then you fucking leave is yeah. what it sounded or like. Or blow up the bomb and the Suicide Squad bomb in your head. In your yeah. neck, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. they sounded so defeated. They're like, hey, I just want to thank the Snyder and the director and you know all the fans and everything and i'm like yeah that's a person who is heavily medicated or deeply defeated or both <laughs> oh god yeah no it, it's 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 pretty bad it's it's all toothless it's just the yeah, the cameo the cameos are like the worst part of it because it's it's literally like like five minute scene where it's like one after the other and it's like remember this remember this remember this we we had nothing else to put here. Yeah, Michael Keaton's great though. So I heard. Yeah, I hear he's good. But I mean, yeah, I mean, we all love Michael Keaton. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that that was that was bound to happen. Yeah, yeah. Poor poor Michael Keaton now being in two reshoot multiversal messes between uh, Morbius and this. <laughs> Michael Keaton deserved better than that. Everyone he did, and he deserved to go out better than he did in this film. Oh, that sucks. But you know, it doesn't suck, Matt. Again, we were talking about Transformers. Well, hey, spoiler for the end of that movie, but uh, Transformers and G.I. Joe are now in the same shared continuity. Was so That was such a good reveal. That's pretty goddamn great, because those other movies had like a lame Sector 7, like, shield knockoff. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought they were going for in this. They were going to be like, oh, it's going to be revealed to be Sector 7. You're going to see John Cena or the guy who was in, like, the original yeah bay films he's got tyrese gibson's gonna be there, oh you know? yeah yeah <laughs> so i like that they're just like fuck it we own all of this it's the same continuity maybe we'll use this to actually launch a gi joe film people care about well apparently this extends to more than just the movies because skybound is launching a brand new gi joe shared universe in fact gi joe i guess has been without a comic for a little bit but it's getting a brand new one and they're all going to be together in a shared universe yeah, G.I. Joe is actually coming back for it's like it's issue three hundred and one, but it's technically like a, a like a restart. And uh, Larry Hama's coming back for it as well, Ooh, nice. uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, yeah, they're getting a bunch of like new one shots. I see Joshua Williamson is writing some. He's writing one on Duke, I think. Yes. Yeah. And uh, and Daniel Warren Johnson is also yes. going to be writing a new Transformers one too. To which he said, "Yes, don't worry, there will be suplexes in this." I'm like, my man. Yeah, I, I'm probably going to pick that up because it's Dar- Daniel Warren Johnson. I think he's doing art for it as well. Of so, course. So it's gonna it's gonna look amazing. So it's going to look amazing, if nothing else. But hey, this story gets even bigger because Robert Kirkman dropped a new book recently called Void Rivals. 
and no one really expected much of this, but <clears> apparently <throat> if you pick up this book and read it, uh, there's Transformers in this too because it's also part of the brand new Energon universe. So oh, G.I. Cool. Joe, Transformers, and goddamn Robert Kirkman are all in the same universe. Sick. Awesome. It looks like they're actively trying to build something to try and challenge Marvel. Yeah. You know, the Marvel supremacy out there with all their different brands united and that they've actually put together a hell of a brain trust to make it happen. Yeah, seems like it's, it's in good hands. <clears throat> Definitely. And, you know, Kirkman is one of those interesting characters in the comic universe because he got stupid rich off The Walking Dead. Mm -hmm. Just like stupid, never have to work a day in your life again, rich off that show. Which means now he only has to do projects that he wants and projects that he deeply cares about. And he cared about a shared Transformers, G.I. Joe, whatever he's doing universe. If that isn't the sign of like, like a nerd. Yeah, I don't like, know what is. I'm super rich. I could do whatever I want. I want to make Transformers fight like other things. <laughs> and my original characters, because why not? Yeah, yeah. And I'm kind of down for that. That's kind of dope. I will probably have to check these out now. Maybe I'll cover them on the channel. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I don't know if people would give a shit about G.I. Joe or Transformers. And I know unlike DC and Marvel superheroes, I'm no expert on any of these things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But we'll see if they're fresh starts or not. Yeah, I do know there's a quite a big Transformers like fan base very out, much so out there and i, I know they, they 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 can get they're a bit stickier i follow a couple of like accounts that like gimmick accounts that run like transformers <laughs> stuff and some of the people on there get, get pretty stickler about like details and certain things so yeah i i feel the same way about uh transformers as i do about ninja turtles where i'm not as in because i'm a little intimidated because they've never gone away and I like Ninja Turtles was just a couple years before my time. Mine was like the Power Rangers, Pokemon, that sort of era and everything. So I feel like I kind of missed out. Like if I don't have that <laughs> basis, that there's going to be like a lot of in-jokes and references I don't get, which some people have told me that that's not true at all, that every Turtles universe is basically a <clears throat> universe unto itself. Mm -hmm. So that's a whole thing. Yeah. But yeah, the, I feel like these are things where it's like, you know, I could probably be more into this than I am. Yeah, it, it seems like it's less like right up our alleys, isn't it? But, it really like, does. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's because it's like so, like it's so, there's so much. Yeah, it never went away. It, 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 it's like a, like like anime and like One Piece we were talking about before yeah. where it's like, oh yeah, this is cool. But like, there's, there's like, just so much. there's like a billion episodes and a billion it's, chapters, it's, you know. It, it's, it's intimidating. It's like, I don't know if I have time for this on top of everything else to really give it the time and respect it deserves. Mm, mm. Uh, so yeah, there's that everyone to look forward to. So get excited if you're a fan of Robert Kirkman, G.I. Joe, or Transformers. It sounds like you're going to be eating good for the next little bit. Sounds like it's going to be a good time, yeah. Absolutely. And uh, speaking of good times, Matt, we haven't talked about Black Label in a bit. <laughs> what new Batman book is debuting now? <laughs> well, it's funny you should say that, Matt, because it's called Batman Gargoyle. It's a new <laughs> series from Raphael uh, Grandpa. It's spelled Grandpa, and I really had to fight the urge to call him Raphael Grandpa, even though I know that's not his name. Uh, apparently, this idea, it's going to be a four-issue miniseries in Black Label. The idea is, is what if Batman decided to completely abandon the Bruce Wayne uh, part of his identity and just be Batman 24-7? Oh, because we haven't fucking seen that before. 
I know. I'm like, this sounds like stories I've seen before, but it looks nice because, you know, uh, Grandpier is a really well-respected artist and this yeah. looks to be an art-forward book. Well, that's all the, the, the uh, Black Label books seem to be now where it's like, oh, the stories are like retreads of Secondary literally everything, but like the art's really nice and it's in that nice like kind of fat format, so... I mean, we said before, like, who is even Black Label for anymore? What niche are they even filling? They can't say where it's like, oh, we're exclusive to adults because they kind of backpedaled on that yeah. super hard. Yeah. And now there's barely anything going on in there that, you know, <clears throat> would even be too objectionable in the main universe. So, yeah, I guess they're just a premium art series now. Yeah, it was. Yeah, fine. Whatever. Sure. I'm sure there's a market for that. I don't know if it's me. Yeah. Because, again, I basically go by creator, and so far they haven't grabbed any creator where I'm like, oh, well, I got to check that out. Mm. <clears throat> but that's just me. Maybe people will like it. I don't know. I know I haven't covered, like, the last several Black Label books because I've just been so disinterested. <laughs> and no one's really asked me to do it either, so I feel like maybe I made the right choice. Yeah, they're, yeah they're, whatever. They're, they're always Batman books. Yeah, that too. You know, if they could experiment and do anything but Batman, that would also be nice. Yeah. Uh, now another story here I wasn't expecting. I thought this was a rumor until it eventually got uh, confirmed by actually you know reputable sites. The Flash director Andy uh, Muschietti, Muschietti, how do you pronounce that? Muschietti or something. I, I can't remember. Muschietti. How it's yeah. it's it's a, it's Italian. There's a lot of vowels in there. <laughs> Uh, it was announced that after The Flash, he will officially be helming the Batman Brave and the Bold movie. That's the Batman Damien movie. And I uh, I have many thoughts about this, Matt. On one hand, I'm like, oh, clearly this is his reward for being like, hey, thanks for steering the ship. Thanks for putting up with that actual criminal who couldn't do any promotion for the movie or else it would ruin everything. Thank you for putting up with, I guess, also making us culpable because we may have, uh, what is it, aided and abetted this criminal so we could finish the movie so hey th thanks for that here here's like an actual project for you to do that will hopefully not take 10 years and i'm like all right they're rewarding him and then on the other hand i'm like oh this this is where i get really conspiracy brained here where i'm like wait a minute are they giving this andy guy another movie right out of the gate even before you know the box office is in on the flash because they hope if they can make him beholden to Warner Brothers in DC he won't talk to the fucking press about what uh, happened on the flash uh yeah this seemed like the minute i heard it i'm like oh this is this is going to be one of those things where they'll put him in a holding pattern on this and then he'll quietly duck out of the film you know Maybe. sometime down the line someone else will come in yeah which happened a lot on The Flash. This this feels almost like a bit of payola. This almost feels like a bit of a, hey, look over there, keep uh, this director busy so they won't, you know, like write a tell-all or go on a podcast or have like a notes mm. app thing on Twitter. Yeah, it, it's also extremely funny that they watched The Flash film and said, this guy will make a good Batman film. Yeah. <laughs> Just because The Flash film has at least, what, like four Batmans in it. Jesus fucked yeah. up Christ. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> well, there you go, everybody. <laughs> also, it seems like James Gunn is really high on this guy, too, and I don't know if they were, like, you know, friends before this or if Gunn was just happy for this dude steering the ship because obviously, you know, it makes his reign as, you know, the co-head of DC Films look good. Mm -hmm. I, I actually listened to Gunn on uh, Michael Rosenbaum's podcast, mm -hmm. which was a great interview. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, oh man, you know, I uh, I knew James Gunn was a good writer, a good director, could draw a little. I didn't know he could act too in the way he kept hyping up the Flash as this great thing. I'm like, yeah, of course you are, because it's it's your ass on the line now at the studio. You inherited this mess, and now you got to actually bring it out. I, I I don't know why they would would choose this guy because the Flash wasn't anything like like he like like when I when I went and saw the Flash, I wasn't like wow this is directed really well. I mean, it, re it really wasn't because a lot of it, it was just really terrible CGI. Just yeah. like, like scenes that had no business being covered in CGI <laughs> were covered in CGI. And it was very obvious. So is that what this new Batman film is going to be like? I mean, I hope not. I mean, I yeah. guess we'll see. I mean, yeah. I don't imagine a super, uh, friggin' CG heavy Batman film, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess some sad news, too. The world uh, lost John Romita Sr. this week. They did, yeah. It kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I knew he was getting up there in age and everything, but it's always sad when a legend passes away. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, R.I.P. man, you know, legend left a body of work that will be remembered for years to come and, you know, still survived by his uh, sons his who son, are still yeah. Uh, working. Yeah, yeah he's, he's got the new, the new Spider-Man coming out soon. That's right. I mean, uh, not didn't... new Daredevil, I mean, sorry. Right, exactly. Didn't uh, didn't do the last Spider Man actually, no. the one the the new one that came out this week. No, but, uh, but we'll talk about that when we get to. It. Was there anything else this week, Matt? I feel like there was another big story that I uh, that I stepped over. I talked think about so. Flash. Talked about John Romita Jr. sadly passing away. I feel like there was one more thing where I'm like, oh yeah, we got to talk about this. Uh, oh, I guess uh, Superman and Lois got renewed for a season four. Oh, Gotham, yeah, that's Gotham right. Knights got fucking cancelled as it fucking should have been back in fucking yeah. production. <laughs> yeah, talk about one of the few times where it looks like the good guys actually, they won and they actually it, chose quality. It comes with some caveats, though. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah, they got rid of most of the cast. They got rid of most of the cast, and it's now uh, 10 episodes instead of, I think, 13 or 14. Which, which you know what, that's I'm, I'm fine, I'm fine with. I'm yeah, fine that's with always that. been a problem with CW shows. They go on too fucking long. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really upset that the casts are getting just, like, ejected, especially the casts that they did eject, since now it's just, like, the kids. The super family, yeah. Yeah, and it, it, it's got me got me thinking. Uh, it's a bit of a conspiracy here. So they mm, ejected, all, ejected all the casts. It's like budget cuts sort of thing. Yeah. So they ejected all the casts, so now it's just basically the, the, the Superman family. Yeah. So I reckon they're going to move back to Metropolis because uh, because Lex also got bumped up to a uh, series regular. regular. I reckon they're going to move back there just because because they like go out and shoot on a farm. They've got like a set yes. for Smallville and stuff. That's technically a location shoot. Mm, that costs but money. But if they move it to a city. But if they move it back to Vancouver where The Flash and all these uh, other fucking shows are shot, you know, the studio's backyard, it'd probably be cheaper. Mm, yeah so, i could see that so i reckon they're probably going to move back to metropolis i mean i don't hate that because i mean that happened in the comics yeah too, i i don't i don't either back. but but as well that that sort of makes me think of like oh no that then they'll fall into like the routines that the, the flash CW had where shows, it's like yeah. oh this is very obviously just some set you found that looks like a set you know it doesn't well, look let's like a go real to the place woods. yeah yeah it doesn't look like a real place <laughs> Mm -hmm. well as we all know vancouver is not a real place it exists no. only in our minds yeah yeah canada's not real you're not real no 
No, no, no. It's it's all an illusion. I, I'm smoking mirrors. I'm three mice yeah. and a block of cheese in a yeah, trench coat. You're a chat GBT, yeah. <laughs> yes, and I have been this whole time. Can you tell? Purple monkey dishwasher. Uh-oh, I'm glitching a little bit. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm super behind on so much television, which is a shame because we're getting like more reservation dogs and what we do in the shadows and righteous gemstones in the next couple months. Yeah, Justified comes back. Oh, shit. Does it really? Yeah, new series. That uh, new Superman cartoon comes back or airs in July. Yes. Which, oh, my God, they showed the opening credits for that one. It's like one of my Japanese animes. (laughs) It really is. It's a lot more anime than I thought it was going to be. It's it's also like, what is it, the era of anime I like, like the early to mid-2000s yeah. where it's all like this, you know, really soaring, happy, orchestral thing. I'm like, this fucking works with Superman. Yeah, Superman, the shonen anime, it kind of fucking slaps. Yeah, it looks dope, yeah. And they've re-envisioned a bunch of the villains there, like they have uh, Mr. Mixel Spitlick there, but he looks like a goddamn Kai from Dragon Ball. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm like, this This is kind of cool, actually. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of fucking on board with this. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I'm down for it. I like all of this, and cartoons do really well on my channel, so I'm all about it. <laughs> this that, that was good news, and then we got some slightly concerning news about that Batman show coming to Amazon. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. <laughs> This, this was the piece of news I was thinking of when Bruce Tim is like, yeah, you know, this new Batman Cape Crusader show, it's finally the chance to do everything we wanted to do on Batman the Animated Series back in the 90s and never could. Yeah, it's like, oh, oh, no, oh, no, 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 it's, no, no. It's a little disconcerting. Obviously, you know, these people worked on the greatest Batman show of all time, but I find it hilarious that Tim has kind of reversed his stance because back then he would say stuff like, you know, oh, uh, network limitations actually forced us yeah. to be better writers. I was going to say that. Yeah. 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 We had, we had to find ways like, you know, uh, Robin's reckoning, you know, we couldn't just have his parents fall. So we had to do it in shadow. We had to make it so much sadder. And, you know, mm-hmm. we, we had to be more nuanced and more complex and everything. And I'm like... I kind of don't like that idea because you look at those straight-to-DVD movies and not even just, like, the infamous one in Killing Joke. I'm talking about, like, a bunch of the other ones where it's, like, it feels like you're just, like, swearing and showing blood and doing yeah. drugs and shit just for the sake of it. It feels like you're doing the please take me very seriously. No, you, you're totally right, yeah, because, like, that started, like, when they started doing – when they when they re, re, uh, rebooted the stuff into the new 52 in, yeah. in i can't remember whatever that first new 52 film was but like since then it's just been like getting worse and worse and they'll be like oh we'll put an m it's got an ma rating on it because someone says fuck at one point or there's yeah. blood or something it it like i get it you're an animator i get it most people think you make stuff for kids so you want to stretch your wings and it's fun to be naughty sometimes but at a certain point it just feels like a crutch doesn't it oh it absolutely yeah. is in those films it feels like a total crush, and I really don't want Batman Crave Crusader to be that. Now, hopefully, because Tim isn't writing all of it, he's part of a brain trust. They got uh, Greg Rucka there. They've got, you know, a bunch of other people there. Brubaker. Brubaker, who are obviously known for being a lot more subtle and a lot mm-hmm. more nuanced. So I'm hoping they'll win out in a battle yeah. of brain trust. Absolutely. Or maybe it'll be one of those situations where it's like, oh, yeah, this is a Tim one, I can tell. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, Batman's trying to fuck Batgirl again. (laughs) Again. Looking back at that, it's wild that he got away with that for as long as he did. Like, like people remember when it happened in Killing Joke, but he was planting seeds for that forever. Yeah, yeah. 
Like, he was really into it. <laughs> he really was. Uh, the Captain Coon helping us out. Thank you, as always. Uh, Image is now doing Transformers and G.I. Joe comics. Transformers from Daniel Warren Johnson and two Joe books written by Joshua Williamson. Fuck, that's a good-ass mm. lineup. Yeah, it really is. They're, they're not fucking around. They got some they got some hitters there. They got some real heat coming yeah. to this one. Yeah. I, like I said, it's a good time if you're interested. So, yeah, that's all the news that was fit to print this week, everyone, and then some. We can talk about books. Uh, I only had three new books this week, and I still had, like, a bunch left over from the 14 last week. Oh, yeah, there were so many last week, wasn't there? It was goddamn ridiculous. I couldn't believe it. I was glad I only had three. So uh, should we talk about these, Matt? Let's talk about them. Yeah, uh, I also redesigned my thumbnail, so thank you, I everyone. I saw that. They look like great. Those. Yeah, apparently uh, I crunched some numbers and I talked to some other YouTubers, and they're like, you got to have your face in the videos. Faces in the videos do better numbers now. And I'm like, yeah, but I hate my face, though. <laughs> so what do I do about that? Ooh, I know. I'll use my idealized animated character. <laughs> animated Cape Joel doesn't have to drop 40 pounds. Me Cape Joel does, though. <laughs> That's the big difference. <laughs> So uh, I guess the biggest book I had this week was uh, I had Amazing Spider-Man number 27. Oh, no, what's going on in Spider-Man? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I have never had more people be like, why do you keep doing this to yourself, Joel? You know you can just stop, right? <laughs> you know no one will be mad if you if you stop doing this. And in my own way, I'm like, I'm a completionist, but also I'm really morbidly curious to see where this book would go after uh, Dark Web and after the last arc. Because it's like, okay, whatever editorial mandate was clearly foisted on Zeb Wells in this series, it's been satiated now. So what are they going to do next? And mostly they do actually get back to business as usual, but they can't help but remind you that no, all that other bad shit did happen. <laughs> So it like starts with Spider-Man and Black Cat chasing down Shocker. And I'm like, okay, cool. This actually feels like Spider-Man. Unlike the last several volumes where I'm like, what the fuck is even this? <laughs> and then you find out that Black Cat actually tipped Shocker off so he would commit a crime. So her and Spider-Man could go and beat him up so Spider-Man could feel better about himself. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, Felicia, that is the definition of entrapment, what you just did. <laughs> entrapment and spider-man he's not doing good he's just like you know oh no more dying no more killing ah everything is bad now <laughs> and the peter stuff sucks but everything else in the book is actually much more fascinating yeah yeah so they continue to build on the whole norman osborne gold goblin story mm -hmm. norman blames himself more than anyone for kamala's death because she wouldn't have been at the fight if she trusted him and didn't think that he was secretly bad mm-hmm and Norman's like, fuck, you know, I tried to be good. I tried to be a hero. And yet people keep dying around me. Dr. Kafka died. Now this, you know, young girl has died. What mm -hmm. is even the point of anything? And I'm like, wow, that's that's really, you know, that's really something. That's some real hard character stuff they're getting into here with Norman. Mm -hmm. Has nothing to do with Spider-Man, but boy, he's in a good Norman story. <laughs> Oh, they also resurrect Kafka by the end of this, too. And I'm like, oh, they didn't fucking ask Cantwell about that, did they? Oh, no. <laughs> that kind of undoes a lot of the drama of his story. And then the rest of the story actually involves Doc Ock coming back, and he's looking for his missing tentacles that had actually ran off from him all the way back in Spider-Man number 900, that, like, big uh, extra-length issue I totally forgot about. Oh, really? Yes. Turns out his tentacles have actually been watching over and protecting Spider-Man. Okay. 
And Auk doesn't know why. He's like, why are my tentacles, you know, secretly harboring some affection for Peter? Does this say something about my own mind deep in the back I can't change? And I'm like, oh, it's not that Auk, you know, has an affection for Spider-Man. It's that the tentacles are probably tapping into his time in Peter's body as the superior this, Spider-Man. This is set up for, uh, yeah, superior Spider-Man coming back. It's it's a hundred percent set up. <laughs> It's 100% set up, and normally I would complain because the book has been doing a ton of setup recently, but it's actually pretty good. Wow, that, 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 that's, that's a big, uh, big turnaround. <laughs> yeah, it really, it really is. Uh, also, too, you know, Peter doesn't actually act like a whistling dickhead in this whole story because he actually checks on Norman and says, I'm worried about you. I don't want you to, like, A hurt yourself or be like fall back into goblin tendencies. So I'm actually like being a good friend and reaching out to you, <laughs> which I'm like, wow, it's been so long since Peter actually acted like a good hearted, responsible human being. It's yeah. kind of fucking yeah, it's kind weird, of fuck. weird to see it like actually on the page. Yeah. yeah. I'm shocked. I'm like, are we sure the same guy wrote this? <laughs> because this is the first time that like Peter has actually been sympathetic in like months. Yeah, it's true. It's true. He's been a real, like, yeah. incel weirdo. He really has, and it was nice to see him actually be cool, even if though he's being cool to Norman. But I guess Norman kind of deserves it because Norman has been on his own mission of finding responsibility. Mm -hmm. uh, Captain Kuhn helping us out again. Thank you, as always. If Wells ignored Miss Marvel's death, it'd be worse. It would mean that uh, it happened in this book for nothing, but mentioning her does feel weird. It does. Peter does a weird thing. It's been like three weeks since Miss Marvel's death, and apparently he hasn't told her parents yet. <laughs> Jesus. He, so, he also, so where do they think she is? I don't know. I'm sure they're going to explain it in that fucking tie, and I'm sure they're going to make a big deal about it. But he also kept her mask. Oh, no. <laughs> and he, like, falls asleep next to it, and I'm like, that's weird. I know you're trying to go this, like, whole heartbroken route where he's like, oh, I have to make her death mean something, you know. I have to do this. I have to do that. And I'm like, okay, this is this is definitely fridging. This is 100%. She dies so I can be better. <laughs> And again, I'm like, Peter, why don't you give that mask to, like, I don't know, Miles or the Champions or, like, anyone who fucking know, knew her? Or why don't you call up the Inhuman Royal Family or something? We see, you see, he's going to keep it because uh, he's going to cast off his costume and become Miss Marvel. <laughs> Mr. Marvel. <laughs> Which I'm actually shocked no one's done that before. That sounds like that would actually be a setup for someone to be Mr. Marvel. Yeah, yeah. You, you know what you do? You, you make it like uh, The Incredibles, where it's like, I'm your number one fan. I'm Mr. Marvel. But he's like the bad side of fandom. He's like a weird stalkery fan. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to do it right this time. <laughs> exactly. And Mr. Marvel is totally a villain. I could totally see that being a pitch. Yeah. Yeah, we, we've also completely forgotten about Mary Jane at this point, too. We've also completely oh, what moved else on is from new? that. What else yeah, is new? I, I mean, I'm sure we're going to circle back to that, but I don't think Wells is in any rush because it's just like, yeah, I kind of took the book back now is what this feels like. I Editorial has been sated. I've gotten all their shit out of the way, and now I can actually go back to writing the book. It's still not good, but it's a hundred times better than it's been. It sounds a lot better. It sounds much better. I didn't want to pull my goddamn hair out <laughs> reading it. <laughs> So that's an improvement. So good on you, book, for actually improving. Yeah, that's good. 
And also, too, for the people asking me to quit uh, the book, tell you what, if it keeps doing upwards of 4,000, then I'll stop. If it stops, you know, actually getting views. Bad Spider-Man is bad for everyone, but apparently it's great for my channel. <laughs> I, I will make rent this month because of Bad Spider-Man. <laughs> Which, again, doesn't that just make me part of the problem? Doesn't that just make me part of this self-fulfilling Ouroboros that fucking eats yes. its own tail over and over? Yes. This is why Spider-Man can't change, because I need to pay my rent with bad Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. I, I will say, though, and I don't know if I mentioned this elsewhere, it did tick me off, though, to see all these other, like, you know, nerd channels that don't normally follow comics and don't normally follow Spider-Man jumping into this and making videos about this new Spider-Man thing when I know full well they didn't read the comics and didn't understand everything that happened. They don't know what's happening, yeah. No, because they've never read comics and they're just like making videos about stuff they've heard or like they'll half watch one of my videos. And that bugs me because I'm like, hey, man, you're fucking stealing off my plate, asshole. That's my thing. <laughs> gimme, gimme. You're not even one of those fucking, you know, neo-Nazi alt-right comic YouTubers either. <laughs> At least when they do it, it's like, hey, I share space with that asshole. I don't share space with you. <laughs> That, that guy's going to be here tomorrow. I wish he wasn't, but he will. You're going to be off to something else tomorrow. Yeah, the the next new scam, yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't don't jump on my comic bandwagon just because it's profitable right now. <laughs> Again, goddamn tourists. That, that's what I felt like. I feel like people who live in tourist towns, fucking tourists coming in, wrecking everything. <laughs> That's uh, that's where I was at. But uh, yeah, that was Amazing Spider-Man. Not good, but a little better. Nice, nice. Uh, what else did you have, Matt? Uh, I had Superman Lost Issue 4. <laughs> oh, yes. We're still going on with this one. How has it been? Yeah, uh, this is, is pretty good because this is the first issue we get a reoccurring plot line because each issue mm. until now has been like Superman trying to make his way back to Earth and interacting with like a different culture like last issue was uh psychic dolphins that swim through space <laughs> and all that sort nice. of stuff this issue he returns to the planet kansas that he first ended up on in issue one and um we learned that he went back there and he's been living there for five years and he's built like a replica of like the kent farm on like this like <laughs> dead zone and and everything and he's just been kind of living there and he ends up getting visited by a boy named jimmy who was the same boy he mm -hmm. ran into in the first issue who was just a little child at that time but now he's grown right. up and he's come to superman for help because he he knows that superman during the night has been coming down to his city newark and like <laughs> parceling out food to people because on this world there's the republic and then there's the zealots and the zealots mm. are all like addicted to like their screens and their virtual <laughs> reality and social media and they live in like message they, they live in like a like a climate hell where the ice caps are melting but they won't move because they don't they believe like these are their ancestral lands and mm. they don't want the the republic who are like the uh uh the people who live underground in like like solar powered like renewable energy places mm. and everything uh, uh like uh, making conspiracy theories about their planet and everything um so what happens is superman learns that uh newark is under attack by an alien race and he tries to stop them and he finds out the aliens are the contractiato which is a race he ran into in the first issue who like found oh. him in space when he got blown out of the the black hole and they're a race of scavengers 
and uh, they're always looking at the bottom line, always wanting some money and everything. And we find out mm -hmm. that someone from the Republic has basically given them a contract to come and clear out the Zealots and just like destroy their town of Newark. And, <laughs> Not Newark. Yeah, yeah, destroy Newark. And yeah, it, it, it's quite funny. It's quite funny that that, that Christopher Kent was. Is the, the planet's called Kansas. There's mm. Newark. There's New Jersey. There's all this little stuff. Yeah, it's, it's great. <coughs> Um, so Superman's stuck in this position where he wants to help these people, but these people don't want help because they think mm. all of this invasion, and everything, that's just like a hoax by the Republic. Right. Just Naturally, to, just to get the, just to get them to, to move off their reservation and so they can come in and take the land and everything. And, I, I'm sensing a lot of topical themes here, yeah, Matt. Yeah, yeah. So Superman is trying to help these people who don't want to be helped. But then he also can't force the Republic to use their technology to help them because then that would deprive the Zealots of their civil liberties because oh, they, they want to live like the way they do. So Superman has to sort of figure out what to do to help this. And uh, just as things start to heat up, a uh, Green Lantern turns up. Oh, fuck. Is it anyone we know or is it a different one? Uh, it's not not anyone I know. It's a, uh, a woman. Uh, who, if we're going to go by covers and everything, Superman ends up getting romantically involved in. Ooh, yeah. Spicy. Very, very exciting. Well, but we'll tell you what, Superman, if you find a way to thread that needle and get these two people to stop fighting and make a brighter <laughs> world for tomorrow, you you tell us, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and what's great also about the issue is it's sort of couched in this idea of like... Um, superman's costume because because uh, at the moment he's not wearing his like classic costume he's wearing like a, right. a a white solar suit that like gives him like powers when he's flying through space away from suns and uh he lost that in the last issue he lost the costume in the last issue because uh he uh got uh thrown out out of like warp space and he lost his like gear and everything but he found finds it again <laughs> Uh, in space because he knows he uses the skills that his mother taught him about how to like oh. listen to for things and listen to certain heartbeats and 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 sounds and everything so he's able to follow that through space to find it and we get this really cool idea of like like writers and all that have done like oh what does the superman costume mean what does the s mean what does all that sort yeah, of mean yeah. and uh priest does this really cool thing where it's like oh so the costume was given to me by my mother me and my mother created it as a way for people to see when they see it they'll know they they are going to be helped and be saved and there's the costume that will help save people who need saving and help people who need helping and that's what clark needs in that moment and that's why he's so desperate to get the the suit back because he needs that that symbol now more than ever and he used and the suit's kind of like a security blanket for him while he's in space and it kind of reminds keeps him keeps his head level basically oh. so he doesn't uh sort of lose lose stand where he is in the universe and like what his life is in the universe and what he stands for in the universe i like that i like that yeah. a lot yeah it's pretty cool it's pretty cool that's pretty sweet uh, I had the next part of Carnage Reigns uh, this week too, Carnage number 14. Is this still the Summer of Symbiotes or is that over? Uh, so Summer of Symbiotes is apparently bigger than just this story because there's also Venomverse and Death of Venomverse. This is this is just one part of it. <laughs> uh, this continues to be fairly solid. It's up and down, but this is definitely a good one. Uh, Faye Long and Iron Man actually get involved in this. Oh, fuck, really? Yes, because uh, Cletus Casty doesn't have the Carnage suit anymore. That thing's off in space trying to become a god. Mm -hmm. 
So he has the Extrembiot suit, which is half symbiote, half extremist Iron Man tech that oh, like wow. Iron Man made to fight Null all the way back in King and Black. Oh, is that that? Yeah, is it that that big armor? That big... Uh, yes, it is. Oh fuck. Uh, yeah, Cletus stole it and turned it into a horrifying monster thing. Oh, no. And then he also he also hacked into like the neural network under Stark Enterprises. So now he's popping up on people's screens all over New York. And if you look into Cletus's eyes, he can drive you crazy and turn you into like a murder zombie, basically. Oh, shit. <laughs> so it's Spider-Man, Taskmaster, the Scorpion and Red Goblin all trying to fight to stop him. And they discover that Red Goblin can actually siphon away the evil carnage from you by taking it into himself, because that's a power that Rascal, his symbiote, has. But, of course, every time he does it, it drives him a little crazy. Nice, nice. They they also don't know he's a child either, so they're like, yeah, man, keep doing it. It's our only home. <laughs> and he's like, I don't know, guys. It really hurts. <laughs> uh, Fei Long thinks he's like, well, you know, if this is a mechanical problem, I'll just, you know, take some of my giant iron sentinels to go kick Carnage's ass, and then I'll upload a fucking virus into him because he's a goddamn dirty alien, no better than those damn dirty muties. <laughs> And I'll kill them. And it's funny, Agent Gao, who's been all up Miles Morales' ass since that series began, she's like, uh, I think I'm on the wrong team, actually. <laughs> I've, I've been a total bitch since this series began, but uh, you are an actual human supremacist, and I don't think I like you. <laughs> Hilariously, both plans end up failing, and Cletus gets a crazy brand new form that's like more machine than symbiote. Ooh. He looks like some sort of deadly armored monster. And also him fighting a battle on two fronts was actually just a smokescreen because what he's really done is uh, all throughout this series, we've had like little form messages and tweets from like Carnage fanboys mm -hmm. who are like, Carnage is so cool. He's so awesome. I love that he kills people. And now Carnage is going around to like these internet fucking weirdos and giving them their own symbiote Iron Man suits. And they're like, hey, how about you go and kill people? Oh, no. <laughs> So, yeah, he's basically arming internet extremists. And I'm like, yep, that also feels pretty topical. And when Iron Man catches wind of this, he's like, why does everyone keep fucking my stuff? <laughs> so he gets Boss's computer. He's like, build me a big stick. Big, Build me a big symbiote beaten stick. <laughs> and I just love that Fei Long and Iron Man are actually getting involved in this now. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. It is cool. It's an up and down series. Some issues are better than others, but this was definitely a good one. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I think this one will actually read pretty good in trade. And also, I didn't like totally stop the characterization and growth of all the other books that are involved in this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's good. Yeah. Uh, I had one more after that. How about you? Cool. Yeah, I had uh, Green Lantern issue <gasps> two. How is Green Lantern? Again, you know, I was on the fence about maybe picking it up. Uh, it's really good. Uh, I'll get into why this issue kind of took steam out of everything in a minute. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so this this picks up uh, after the last issue, how uh, we, we get to see a little bit more of when Hal like lost his ring and everything. Uh, and uh, Kilowog comes to Earth and kind of gives uh, Hal a talk about like, hey, you know, you're not a lantern anymore. You got to, you know, be why can't you adapt back to human life are you some type of pussy or something you know <laughs> yeah you know, the way killer will, will talk to you you know 
Uh, so Hal ends up starting his job at Ferris Air. He got a job uh, through her, through Carol last issue. And mm. <laughs> in 24 hours, he went from the mail room to Carol's <laughs> personal jet pilot, <laughs> like her personal yeah. pilot. And we get to Checks see that. Out. We get to see him like just like grind through like all these people. And like, and it's great because it uses like he uses Hal's like charisma and charm to like <laughs> worm his way into the door and like go from mail room <laughs> to personal pilots and oh, that's uh, funny. and hal uh ends up uh when he has the ring he ends up fighting the demolition team uh who are like these like fucking nobodies who use they're basically like the demolition crew yeah uh, who are like robbing a, a graveyard for some reason we're not sure why but Hal uses like his constructs to make like spooky ghosts and mm-hmm. and, and 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 like scare them away and scare them into the like the cops and everything it's pretty cool but um yeah so he's he's gonna be flying uh carol to like one of her meetings and we find out that uh we found out last issue that carol has a new boyfriend and we meet him we meet him this issue his name is nathan and we find out that he is actually her fiance and 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 it goes just as well as you'd expect hal is like very like passive aggressive but he knows that carol does not like him meeting nathan so he ends up becoming (laughs) like really good friends with nathan and like actually sort of liking because he knows that carol does not like that right naturally that would piss her off yeah yeah so he's like really chummy and everything and he's like flying (laughs) with her and everything and then like the guy goes to use the bathroom so like how like locks him in there so he can try and have (laughs) have a conversation with carol about like what's going on and everything uh, but then that's completely interrupted when their jet is like invaded by like night terrors related things. And the book just ends with like, oh, this is tying into night terrors now. Come back in <laughs> oh, September. Shit, seriously? Yeah. Oh, wow, they're starting that really early. That Then that's the problem with this issue. It's it's like good oh. right up until that last page. And it's like, hey, come back in September when the story might continue. It might continue through night terrors when I'm not too sure. It, it, it's like, oh, we're going straight into a tie-in in the second issue. Oh, uh, that's, uh, that's a kick in the balls. You never like to see that. Yeah. Philip Kennedy Johnson also does the backup for this with uh, John Stewart fighting fighting the Revenant Queen. Uh, with yes, the... I heard a lot of good things about this. Yeah, it's really good because uh, John as well doesn't is not like adjusting well to uh, civilian life because he's, he's living there with his mom doing gardening, building sheds <laughs> and whatnot. Was uh, it was it wasn't he a god? Wasn't he the Emerald Knight? Or did mm-hmm. they did yeah, yeah, did no. that end? Did they, no, is no. he still the Emerald Knight? He is. He is. He's. He, well, this this story picks up the thread from that uh that Dark Crisis tie-in where he was mm. like he be, he was like the, like the the embodiment of like the Green Lantern power, and uh, and we see it here where he turns into like like the green armored guy with like the big spear. And um, he ends up going to fight the, the the Revenant Queen when he figures that like he can't just stay away from the fight. And I thought it was like kind of a neat sort of like like almost a triple meaning because like obviously John was a soldier on Earth, he was a soldier in space, and now he's being written by a veteran. Yes, which so, is very interesting. So I thought that was kind of cool that we have a character who's struggling with like trying to adapt back to mm-hmm. civilian life, uh, written by a guy who probably knows it better than most. Yeah, there's definitely something there and definitely why I wanted to pick that up. In fact, I was probably more interested in that story because of the work mm. he did on Superman mm. than I was on the Hal stuff. But it seems like, well, you know, if I'm going to pick up one book for a backup, maybe it'll be this one. Yeah, well, this one's going to spin out into its own thing. Uh, in okay, a it still is? Yeah, yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. Well, then I might have to check that out then. Mm-hmm. Because it sounds like a pretty good starting point. It is. It's really good. All right. That's good. Uh, I, I I also have a very similar story where it's like, wow, I was loving this one right until the very end. And that is uh, Captain America Cold War Omega issue number one. Oh, t- I'm like behind on this issue. But uh, tell me, uh, tell me what's going on. What, what, what uh, what's, what's wrong now? <laughs> so it's kind of indicative of the whole crossover where it's like, wow, you guys took forever to say very little. Oh, really? Such a shame, because both these books were so great coming in, and then the second they cross over, it's like, well, let's just hit the brakes super hard. But <laughs> The focus kind of goes back on Ian Rogers, because he needs to kind of be the one to save the day on this one, because the frocks are invading Earth now, and Bucky's team up with uh, White Wolf is breaking down, because, duh, White Wolf even says, yeah, of course I'm betraying you, I'm a fucking villain, is this your first day? Mm-hmm. And Bucky's like, well, yeah, kind of, actually, it is my first day as a villain. <laughs> So that's a whole thing. Steve and Sam decide, look, you know, we have too many emotional blinders on in this situation. We need to actually switch targets. Sam will go fight Bucky and Steve will go fight White Wolf because, you know, they're not so uh, inherently drawn to them. And they fight and it's like over pretty goddamn quick. Uh, Sharon becomes Destroyer, which they've been building up to for a while. And she gets a fight with Peggy. Mm hmm. Because Peggy is also technically on the bad guy team. Yeah, I guess she is. Yeah, and Black Widow is also technically on the bad guy team, but she's not in the fight. She's just telling Ian, you got to do it. You got to make a choice. You got to make the hardest choice ever. And he's like, well, I don't know if I want to make the hardest choice ever because I might break my father's heart. And do I really want that to be my legacy? The man who broke Captain America's heart. It's like, well, they can't possibly be talking about what I'm thinking they're talking about. And it is, with White Wolf defeated, Ian's like, and now I'm the new head of Dimension Z, and I'm going to make it a good, happy place now. And this wouldn't have happened if Bucky didn't kidnap me and make White Wolf king first because he did a bad job and I saw how bad it could be. And this was Bucky's plan all along because he wanted to control the Neganite shards because that's what the Outer Circle and the Century game were after. And he couldn't just tell Steve any of this because they would know, man, and we had to make it look like we were fighting. And now we have a dimension and an army and now we can go fight them. And I'm like, fuck me, that was a lot of nothing you just said. (laughs) Super, super annoying. They devote a whole page to telling you everything that happened in the story from like issue one. Fucking hell. And I'm like, if you need a whole page to explain the story, that means you told probably a bad story. Yeah. Oh man, that was so disappointing because it was like so good. Because I, I, it was. I, I'm. I think I'm just two issues behind. I, I, I read the, the issue where, uh, where Nat got involved and she and she and Bucky like gave her the offer to like stay behind and like keep an eye on him, and yeah. and they like made it to Dimension Z, and the oh man, that that sucks. <laughs> It does. I'm glad this won't be the last uh, Lanzig and Kelly Captain America. They get one more issue, uh, 750, which looks to be Steve leading the army of frocks to go fight the Outer Circle and finally finish off that storyline because we know that book is coming to an end and J. Michael Straczynski is coming on. And I'm like, oh, did they just tell them to wrap it the fuck up because JMS is coming? Yeah, yeah. It kind of feels like they told them to wrap it the fuck up, and that's a real shame. The Sam book will get to continue, because mm-hmm. Sam's like, well, if you're going to be here in Dimension Z now, I got to go back to Earth and defend everyone, because, you know, that's the best thing about Captain America. You know, there's two of them now, and we can, you know, be in two places at once. And I'm like, yeah, 
I guess so. But yeah, this this was a disappointing one. Well, a well-intentioned mess is what I would call this one. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it was like done on purpose or anything or editorial got involved or something. Yeah. And like maybe the last issue will save it. I don't know that 750 yeah. where we see what Steve does next. But yeah, this uh, this was not a great finale to an event that ended up not being great, which is such a shame because both books leading into it were so good. Mm, they were. <clears throat> and hopefully, you know, the St- uh, the Sam book can stay good and hopefully the Steve book can get a proper conclusion because this uh, this this ain't it, chief, as the kids say. Yeah. Ah. I know, that was my general feeling about this. Man, also, how fucked up is it that the Carnage event going on right now is better than the Captain America event? <laughs> that just feels wrong. <laughs> I, I don't like that. This is this is a weird world we live in where that's the case. Oh, uh, that's funny. <laughs> <clears throat> Fucking tell me about it. But yeah, that was all the books I read this week. Well, the, the last book I read was Invincible Iron Man, issue seven. It's, yeah, issue oh. seven. Which came out last week, and I still need to read it. Yeah, and I, I just got to it just this morning, yeah. Uh, yeah, so th- th- this is uh, Tony and Rhodey uh, fighting uh, Fei Long. They, they do it like a, a really cool way, because last issue they got all those weapons from their weapons catch, and they yeah. decide to use them on one of the facilities that is making his Iron Sentinel things uh so iron man like loads up with all these guns and everything and and like blasts his way into the base yeah he he makes sure to like the guards and everything get out before he starts blowing shit up um he blasts in and we find out that this isn't actually tony it's roadie in the iron man suit um and he's going around planting like bombs on like the uh the uh the sentinels which activate uh when they sense that he's there uh, while he's dealing with that, Tony is using his stealth armor to sneak <coughs> into the facility to find out, like, nice. who, like what the the Sentinels are going to be used for, what like who are their targets and everything. And uh, he ends up finding out they're not just targeting uh, mutants; they're targeting all heroes because he finds <laughs> a a Sentinel whose target is Johnny Storm. That makes a lot of sense with what the appendices have been saying in the X-Men book about Fay Long and Orchis. They're like, no, 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 mutants were always just yeah. the beginning. We actually hate all metahumans. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the, the two Iron Men have to end up fighting one of these, like, half-made sentinels. And even, like, half-made, it, pr- it proves to be quite dangerous. Uh, but they blow up the facility and everything. And uh, Fay Long isn't too happy, and he ends up killing uh one of the workers who like the, the foreman guy uh who, who was there he ends up having uh him i think it's him it's him nimrod and that that one sinister the one, oh yes dr stasis yeah 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 uh who's now just sinister he doesn't wear the helmet or anything anymore no yeah he's not even hiding yeah. who he is anymore yeah uh they end up like coming to the facility and like talking with this guy and nimrod murders this foreman and then they plant his body in the factory. So Tony gets back to like New York and his like garage and everything. And he gets a call from She-Hulk and She-Hulk's like, his lawyer. Yeah. And She-Hulk's like, you need to stop talking now. Tell us like where you are and everything. Cause like shit's going down. Cause, uh, Tony finds out that, uh, Fei Long put, murdered this guy, murdered this foreman, put his and body in and, and framed him for it. And like, they've, they've like sent photos and everything of like, see what Iron Man did when he attacked this facility. He's a, he's a threat. We need to end him. So, <laughs> so yeah, t- Tony's like now on the run, 
again again yeah again again and but as well as i think he knew this was going to happen because i think he said that in the last issue he knows like this is going to end up with him on a wanted poster yeah, yeah. and also Phalong hasn't stopped trying to like yeah. frame him yeah. since this run began yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but but still toady actually ends up like breaking his hands on his iron man armor because he like punches it too hard and yeah it's it's great i i like that this 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 villain is just like just constantly one-upping tony it's it's fantastic he's a really good foil and the fact that yeah. he's here and in x-men yeah and in the carnage event man they're really giving Faye long a super push i would say you know he's one of like the big villains yeah. to watch right now like a new original one who's actually worth a damn yeah he's a, he is a really good villain absolutely uh we want to talk about what's coming out this week uh what people can expect uh yeah. again if if you're listening to this in the audio version that means it's wednesday so these books are out right now mm-hmm. uh nightwing 105 Ooh, nice again this is that pov issue the much touted oh, POV nice. issue. nice uh batman superman world's finest 16 nice the big wonder woman 800 oh that's this week awesome yes it is uh superman number five cool the Silver Banshee, Scream of the Silver Banshee. Uh, Venom 21, he's got four arms. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> X-Force, which I dropped off on, but apparently I should maybe jump back in because apparently all that beast stuff is actually coming home to roost now. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> uh, Titans 2, uh, Miles Morales, Spider-Man 7. This is the penultimate issue in Carnage Reigns. Cool. Uh, Avengers 2, Scarlet mm-hmm. Witch Annual. Uh, Ultimate Invasion is this week. Oh, shit, really? Yes, Ultimate Invasion is this week. I knew it was soon, but Ultimate Invasion is this week. Guardians of the Galaxy 3, Superboy, The Man of Tomorrow 3, Incredible Hulk number 1 from Philip Kennedy Johnson. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Star Wars Bounty Hunters 35, uh, Batman White Knight, Joker Generation number 2. Oh, God, that's still going. (laughs) I know, right? No, no, it just started. Oh, yeah, no, no, but, like, that's still, that, like, whole White Knight, Beyond the White yes. Knight shit still going on. Jesus. Yes, it is. This, but, you know, what? The, the spinoffs are pretty interesting, actually. This they're is about good, the, yeah. It's, this is the Joker family, and they're actually taking them into some pretty interesting directions. Uh, Cyborg 2, Vigil 2, uh, Cult of Carnage, Misery 2, which is also part of the Summer of Symbiotes. This is, uh, what is it, freaking uh, Normie's mom there, Liz Allen, also gets a suit. I had the first issue and didn't even cover it. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, I looked at it. It looked interesting. I just had too much going on. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Danny Catch Ghost Rider 2, I Am Iron Man 4, Hellcat 4. Uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers 109, The Mandalorian Season 2, number one. <laughs> so yeah, a lot of, lot of shit going on yeah, this I, week. I, I'm glad Ultimates are starting now. I, I, I've been waiting to read that book. Same, I know, because it's the next big Hickman thing, so you know it's like a must-read. Mm-hmm. And it's the Ultimate Universe where it's like, oh man, is this is this going to work? This seems like a real yeah. risk bringing this back in the here and now. Exactly, that's what I'm most excited for. How is this going to work? Because <laughs> like, because like, I'm having flashbacks of like when they briefly brought back Marvel Knights, and it like ended up being super disappointing, and most people don't even remember it. Mm-hmm. And I hope it's not another one of those. Granted, they already seem to be planning for it to be a success because they're already working on spinoffs. Mm-hmm. So I think I think they think they got something good here. And also, once again, frickin' uh, what is it? <coughs> Hickman is like the ultimate fixer at Marvel, where it's like, okay, you know, you fix the Avengers there for a bit, uh, you fix the X-Men. Now can you fix the ultimate universe, please? 
can you just work your magic and you have a lot of like appendices and a lot of like stuff to read and like explain, you know, the story on every tree branch. People seem to like it when you do that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. It, sh it should be interesting. It's going to be really interesting. And maybe, maybe even it'll get like some, uh, <clears throat> some lapsed fans back. Yeah. Hopefully. Cause like, I mean, enough time has passed now where like people can actually be, you know, super, uh, what is it? Friggin' super nostalgic. Mm. For the for the gone now, uh, the ultimate universe. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we'll definitely have to check that one out, and we will be checking it out all over our channels when it comes out. And also, hey, that uh, that secret invasion show also comes out in like a couple days, doesn't it? It comes out on the twenty first. Yes. Mm -hmm. So when we come back to, we'll probably be able to talk about the first episode of that as well. Yes. So be sure to check that one out, everyone. The early reviews of that seem really positive. They do, yeah. People seem. I've seen like people say he's great. Then, then like you get the fucking people who are like, "Where's the Marvel characters? Where, where, where's the Iron Mans? Why are they not in Secret Invasion?" Like, did you read? Did you, you read Secret Invasion? There was like four scrolls that, that <coughs> were actually revealed, and they're all kind of like, like lesser characters. Yes, this is also the Samuel L. Jackson show, which I yeah. wonder are they, are they going to kill him off in this? Because they sure make it seem like this is his last ride. They do, this is don't his they? Last yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Or yeah. will this end with the recreation of Shield? And if they recreate Shield in the Marvel universe, does that mean they can finally bring him back in the comics? Yeah. Well, aren't they like kind of hinting at that as well in they the are. comics? Yeah. Apparently, the new Fantastic Four book hints it really hard. Actually. Okay. So there's one. Yeah. So get ready for that, everyone. And uh, I guess with that, we'll start winding the show down. Thank you, everyone, for coming and listening. Thank you, everyone who donated. As always, it's very appreciated. It helps keep the light on. helps keep, you know, me and Matt fed and out here doing stuff. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you got anything else going on this week, Matt? You want to talk about anything you want to promote? Uh, not really. I'm just going to try and Same. catch it up with the reviews. I've been so busy lately. Yep. I, uh, I will be nowhere doing nothing, so be sure to uh, check that out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, hey, I put some uh, press in for that new AEW video game, which I'm shocked that they actually wanted some press for me. I haven't actually got it yet, but if I do, I will probably be contractually obligated to stream. <laughs> nice, nice. So check that out when it happens, you know, as I fulfill my contractual obligation to get this game for free. <laughs> so that's good. So check that out, everyone. And uh, thank you so much. Uh, Comic Multiverse out, everybody. Yeah.